Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. The Dignity Index. Rolling civility back into the public square. Special coverage on Inside Sources. March to the midterms. Well, new scores from the Dignity Index have been released regarding the rhetoric used in campaign fundraising emails, uh, particularly for the Utah Senate race. So what are the candidates uh, really doing? What are they trying to accomplish in all of that as they try to raise money and accrue campaign funds? That's a, an interesting component. Uh, before we dive into that specifically, I want to look a little bit of uh, some of the things that were released about the uh, Dignity Index today in terms of some explainers. I think as our listeners are catching up to what this really is and what it really isn't, uh, I think is an important part of that. And uh, here to break all of that down with us, we of course, we have Jason Perry from the Hinckley Institute of Politics up at the University of Utah and also Jesse Graham, uh, who's just the brains behind uh, all the things relating to the Dignity Index. Uh, gentlemen, thanks both of you for coming in today. So glad to be with you, Boyd. Yeah, all right, so, so I want to start with just uh, a, a quick preface. This was in uh, the press release today and uh, part of the uh, press conference you did a little earlier, uh, looking at what the Dignity Index can measure and what it can't measure. Uh, and I think it's it's important to do that. And maybe, uh, uh, Jesse, we can have you kind of weigh in on on this first. Uh, some people are trying to think of this as just like a total score of comparing the candidates across the board in terms yeah. of, of dignity. Uh, and that's really not what it's designed to do. Yeah, that's right. And I think it's understandable that people would think, OK, so we've got a bunch of scores for these different candidates. Let's add them up. Let's average them. Let's see who's winning the dignity race, <laughs> yeah. right, which is kind of uh, the opposite of the idea of what, what we're trying to do. Um, so we're really trying to look for highs and lows uh, in terms of the debate performance. Um, and every single debate that we've seen so far, including the Senate debate, uh, it's been pretty easy to find examples of both contempt and dignity coming from every candidate. Yeah, yeah. And, and so as you, as you look at that, I, again, I think that's such an important component is you're, you're not saying, well, this person, this candidate is better than this candidate right. because of their dignity score. You're just looking at passages to really highlight here's what dignity looks like. Here's what contempt looks like. Uh, and uh, some of the things that you're not currently scoring are our frequency or intensity and, right. and some of those things yeah. uh, that have kind of a weight all of their own. Uh, and so I think that's important to keep in mind that you're not scoring this of, well, this person used contempt. 27 times in a debate, this person used it three, but this exactly. person said it really loud and really angry. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. So it's uh, it's looking at the passages. And uh, Jesse, just one more question to you. Uh, and that is, as you look at those passages, they're really to illustrate what it looks like, what it sounds like, so that we can start to do that on our own. Exactly. Yeah, we're trying to give people a sense of what contempt looks like and what dignity looks like in action. Um, and uh, 
you said it exactly right. We we want people to start applying that to themselves. Um, I've I've found you know I've overhear myself talking to my kids or my wife, and I think, oh, was that a was that a four on the scale? Am I <laughs> yeah. down on the contempt end? A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, absolutely. Especially those we disagree with. It's so easy to to go into that space. Jason Perry, you've been around the block a few times uh, raising campaign cash and dealing with campaigns. Sadly, we've sort of fallen into this uh, shampoo bottle model of lather, rinse, repeat. Uh, so you get people angry, and the best way to do that is to use some contemptuous language. Uh, you find a way for them to rinse that off with a nice $25 contribution, and then you repeat. We've sort of conditioned people uh, to to respond inappropriately to contempt and, and to base emotions. That is so true, and that's – what they're really trying to get to with those base emotions is right. I mean, when you're at the final stages of a campaign, you want to have more money than the other person. And the way to do that is usually by trying to rile them up about something. You say, I got to get them angry enough to write me a check. And that is the sad thing that keeps repeating itself over and over again. And that's what this index is trying to get to as we, we start seeing these things for what they are. You know, it, it, the sad thing is sometimes in politics, what you do is you, you throw this toxic seed out and hope you find some fertile soil somewhere. And sadly, you do find it often, you know, it starts to sprout and sometimes the way it sprouts is well here's my donation go get them yeah and it's one of those uh, we always talk about do not reward bad behavior uh like with your teenagers not that teenagers would ever do anything bad but when they do we tend to reward the bad behavior and it it happens again and we act like we're surprised uh jason you uh you have some polling as well uh about we always say we don't like the negative we don't like the contemptuous and yet we still are contributing we're still watching and we're still voting in a way that rewards that bad behavior. So it's absolutely right. And so we asked this question, the Hinkley Institute with the Desert News, and this is after a conversation with you, Boyd, which is why we wanted to ask about this thing is uh, you asked us once of whether or not these negative campaign tactics work. And so we asked Utahns, you know, uh, what would hap- what happens to you and your vote when you see negative campaign tactics? And what's so interesting about this, here it was, 66% of Utahns said that negative campaigning has no influence. I I think that that is not true. I mean, that's I mean, we like to think it doesn't. And, you know, mostly what we do is we look around and that's why this dignity index is important to say, well, it doesn't impact me. Yeah. But clearly it impacts all the rest of you in some way. Yeah. It's just so interesting. And you say why why you say it's it's lather, rinse and repeat is because it does it have an working. impact. It does work. Yeah. It's funny. My background is in social psychology. And, and one of our main tenets is that there are limits to introspection and people really don't have conscious access to the reasons why they do things. And so we really don't know what influences us or not. Yeah, and that is fascinating because a lot of times it is. It's just that react or sometimes it's that that dissonance mm-hmm. of I don't want to look that hard at myself. Yes. <laughs> so it's much easier to just get angry at somebody else and uh, and, and feel a little bit better about you know calling them names or, or blowing up their social media. Uh, Jesse, looking at uh, these particular 
uh, fundraising emails and these solicitations of, in the Senate race. Uh, to me, it's always interesting. You you tend to find, uh, at least what I've been finding, is that the dignity tends to stay high when you know you're in front of a bipartisan group or you have yeah. in, people who can be influenced. Social media mostly tends to be pretty positive if you're doing you know some nice tweets about where you are, or what you had for breakfast, uh, and then suddenly we get to raising money and. Yeah. Dignity falls off the bottom. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And I mentioned for debate performance, it was easy for us to find examples of both contempt and dignity. That was not the case for the campaign emails. <laughs> yeah, it was right. just contempt all the way across the board. And it wasn't the very bottom of the scale. We didn't have a lot of ones and twos, yeah. but it was all threes and fours. You know, yeah. four is sort of, you know, the the other side. I'm better than the other side. They're incompetent. They're dumb. They're doing a bad job. And then three gets into they have bad moral character. You yeah. know, they're dishonest. They're harmful. Yeah. yeah. So, so Jason, here's here's the uh, sixty four dollar campaign oh donation question: <laughs> Can you write a positive campaign solicitation with dignity and still get people to donate? So there is a way, and, and we're gonna have to model it a bit better. So the the fact that you have to ask that question, I, I think, is just so insightful. Is uh, you have to have people say, "Well, how would you do that? How can you motivate people in a more positive way?" And my hope is, at some point, as we start talking more about dignity, dignity in our political speech, as we start modeling the kind of behavior, you it doesn't mean you have to say you love your opponent to have dignity in this, but you can promote your own uh, positions, your own issues in a way that doesn't, uh, you know, you know that you're not just attacking the the moral character of someone else. How yeah. about this? You should give me money because I represent an interest you care about. Yeah. Rad- like radical stuff. Radical stuff. <laughs> as we uh, as we look at talking about, uh, I always say when you get a campaign solicitation, what are they talking about and who are they talking about? If you're only, If they're only screaming at what they're against uh, and if they're only screaming ab- against who they're running against, uh, that's probably not the person you actually want in the job. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have to be able to tell you what they're for uh, and who they're for. And it better be for you, uh, <laughs> as you said, Jason, what you're actually interested in, what you care about. Uh, Jason Perry, Jesse Graham uh, from the uh, Dignity Index. Of course, Jason with the Hinckley Institute of Politics. Jesse's Associate Professor of Management at the Eccles School of Business. And uh, appreciate both of you. Coming on to talk about dignity today, that index, and it's up to all of us. Uh, We talk about the responsibility of the candidates to elevate the conversation. I still believe that it's community and culture that lead and the politicians will follow. Uh, And so what we do on our social media, how we use dignity, I think will be the driver in the end. Gentlemen, thanks both of you for joining us today. Thank you, Boyd. We'll step aside for quick bottom of the hour news. Much more to come. We'll be joined by Olivier Knox from The Washington Post. Coming up next, stick around. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.